Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, April 13th, 2018, and Publishers Weekly senior writer Andrew Albanese joins me from the London Book Fair. Welcome back, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. So I have to ask you the question everybody wants to ask you. You're the reporter. You look around and see what's going on. What's the verdict on the fair 2018? Yeah, I think it's a pretty solid, if low-key affair, right? I mean, given all the way the publishing headlines have gone over the last decade, that's probably a good thing that it's a little low-key, right? You know, we're still dealing with political uncertainty brought in by the Trump administration and Brexit, which, of course, dominated the news last year. Amazon isn't in an open feud with anyone, so that's always good. And the audiobook business shows no signs of slowing down. So at the opening of the fair, I was really struck by Hachette UK CEO David Shelley's comments that... He believed audiobooks could be one of the industry's big money makers, and that it's not a blip. And I think he's right. His audio brings in almost an entirely new audience, really, and publishers really seem up for that audience. They have remarked over the years that the competition from audiobooks is what they call rather benign. It's unlike the competition from an ebook, right? Because you're still reading uh, when you read on an ebook or you, when you read on the page. But that said, the publishers I talked to were still not very focused on audio, despite all the talk about the booming growth of audio. And now that it's real money. They just didn't seem to really be focusing their attention on audiobooks. And you know that makes sense because it's still a book business and it, it's still a reading business. And we were still focused on rights dealing and the kinds of titles that they bring in there. So I will quote Faber CEO Stephen Page. Uh, he gave this great line to uh, my colleague Neil Denny here that the London Book Fair is always a serendipitous, strange model village full of conversations and ideas where writers are seated. Uh, and among the trends that he also noted was that nonfiction appears to be on the upswing, especially in terms of political books. And I suppose that should surprise no one. Well, you know, a couple of comments there I want to remark on. Strange model village. Indeed it is. And in that strange model village, it's full of books. And and to your point about the publishers selling books or offering books for sale, really, at this point in, in, in the transaction, they're trying to find those uh, collaborators, uh, other publishers around the world. It is remarkable that they are still indeed in 2018 selling print books. That's what's on display. And I'm sure that's what they are hoping to sell today and all this week at the London Book Fair. It's really remarkable. And as you think about that, you ask yourself, how's that going? Is it really going as good as it looks? It looks terrific. The books are beautiful. The displays are inviting and eye-catching. But you sort of stop and ask, really, in 2018, print books. It's remarkable. Now, you mentioned the Quantum Conference, which starts everything off during the week. It's this pre- London Book Fair on Monday, and the opening keynote there was media specialist Tom Goodwin, who had what uh, you heard uh, as a good line, I certainly think it was too, and he's dubbed the period we're now living in, that period where print and digital are side by side, the mid-digital period. Tell us about that. Yeah, so great term and a great line, and it really sort of captures where we're at, I think. You know, it's the mid-digital age, as defined by Tom Goodwin, and, and he defines it as that period before things get amazing, where our technology is just, you know, confusing and kind of annoying. Sound familiar to anyone? Uh, anyone with Alexa or Google Home Assistant or a smart home can relate, I am sure. Anyway, in the pre-digital age, things just worked, right? So this is what Tom Goodwin was telling us all, that like books and print, you just opened them and you started reading. You didn't have to talk to your light switches, you just flicked them on and they worked. And they weren't awe-inspiring, but you know, they just worked. And now technology has given us this little glimpse of what's possible, and we still can't quite grasp it. Ebooks are a good example. You know, to be blunt, 
they suck. I mean, they're just not very satisfying. It's not the easiest thing to do. You, they, they, there's rights issues. You can't get some ebooks in other parts of the country. And yet we know that our phones are so powerful and they could deliver so much more. But you know, it's just not a good bang for the buck with the ebooks. You know, I'm sorry, but digital reading, uh, whether it's for that rights reason or for tech reasons, they just aren't delivering. So what we have is what he calls a disappointment gap. Because while technology moves fast, expectations, he says, move faster. And I think that pretty much captures a lot of where we are at the fair and how a lot of us at the fair are feeling about the business this year. You know, we've gotten a taste of what's possible, but we're just not getting there fast enough. When Beyond the Book returns, Professor Andrew Albanese welcomes us to a class on blockchain for publishers. I'm Chris Keneally for Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series, Beyond the Book. Publishers Weekly Radio has the very best in book talk directly from New York City, the heart of the book publishing world. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And I'm Rose Fox. I'm a Senior Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us every Friday for a full hour of exciting author interviews, best-selling books, and expert reports on the nuts and bolts of publishing. Every week, we make sure that you have the inside story of your favorite story. Take a listen at PublishersWeekly.com slash PWRadio. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. I'm in London for the London Book Fair on Friday, April 13th, 2018. And right beside me is Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly. Now, Andrew, you were telling us before the break about the expectation gap with regard to technology. This week, you covered an interesting example of where hope diverges from reality, looking at blockchain for publishing. Now, is that a thing? Because when I think about blockchain, I think Bitcoin, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it is a thing, kind of. It's one of the tech themes here that was really simmering at the Fair. And I expect it's going to become really more and more talked about in publishing and pretty quickly. And at this year's fair, you know, I, I saw a little history. After a panel session, I got to actually talk to the world's first number one best-selling blockchain author. Her name is uh, Suki Jutla, and I wrote about her on the Publishers Weekly website. And while she was at her session, her upstart blockchain publisher put her book online, uh, and she suddenly became the world's first number one blockchain book author. Well, all right. So slow down there, because uh, I think a lot of people listening are wondering just about blockchain and what exactly it is, and they may not have a good handle on it. I'll confess, in my mind, blockchain is everything I don't know about computers combined with everything I don't understand about money. So have I got that right? Is it computers and money? And well, what is it exactly? That's right. No need to say anything more about it. You've got it. I'll try. I'll try to very briefly explain blockchain. You know, blockchain is a public ledger system that enables people to transfer these unique pieces of digital property, which are known as blocks. Uh, and they're transferred in a way that is totally secure and transparent. They're time stamped. It's totally decentralized. It doesn't live on a server like Amazon's. It's held over thousands of computers and it's irreversible. You know, essentially all the necessary details are coded into these blocks and once accepted, the blocks become this unalterable part of the blockchain. Uh, and you mentioned Bitcoin. Well, that's where blockchain has had its most well-known impact in the financial services sectors. But everyone I'm hearing from here at the fair in the tech sector is telling me the implications of blockchain are much broader. All right. So they say it's broader. Well, you have to tell me how it exactly would apply to books and to the book world. So the session I went to was hosted by the Alliance of Independent Authors, who have published a really excellent guide on blockchain for authors. It just came out here at the fair. And basically, a digital book created in the blockchain holds both the text and also all the terms 
terms of the book's contract, which is referred to as a smart contract. Uh, and that's including terms, but not limited to things like, you know, commercial terms of sale, even resale or giving a book away, uh, author credit and other information. It's a great way to keep track of authorship in that way. So when a user purchases a blockchain book, the transaction is direct. It goes right to, from the author right to the reader. There's no middleman. There's, there's no Amazon server in the middle there. The reader gets the text. They read it within an app. And the text can't be tampered with or transferred outside of the contract terms that are coded in right there on, in the block. And the author is paid immediately with payments divvied up and according to the, smart term, the terms of the smart contract. For example, the contract might call for 10% to go to the author's publisher. So right when the sale happens, seconds later, possibly minutes later that the money goes right into your digital wallet and yes the payments are made in cryptocurrency and they do go directly to your digital wallet uh, in the case of publica uh, which is the publisher of suki jula's book i think the cryptocurrency yeah, it's known as a pebble uh, and cryptocurrency can then be traded on a coin exchange and jula told me that a pebble currently trades for about two dollars and fifty cents and if that all sounds a little bit complicated yeah, it is. Definitely it is. In a Tuesday's panel, author and Ally News Director Dan Holloway conceded that blockchain is not quite ready for prime time yet, both in terms of consumer adoption. Hey, not all of us have digital wallets or want to deal in cryptocurrency. And in terms of the technology, which still faces questions of stability and scalability. Still, as the Ally White Paper points out, blockchain holds significant promise, especially for Indian self-published authors. It actually would enable a digital world where rights payments are almost inextricable. In fact, they are inextricable from the content and the payments that would be made are immediate. So picture a world where every time something is downloaded or comes up on your phone, if there's a rights holder to that, immediately they get paid. I mean, that's a world that a lot of creators dream about in the digital world, and it's possible in blockchain. So in the Ally paper, and I'll read you this quote here and why they think it has implications for publishing, they write that the way that blockchain reconfigures digital text, books, and media and legal agreements, monetization of content, and payment pathways makes it a technological breakthrough for publishing. And they say that it could potentially usher in what they say is the first author-centered financial model in publishing history, uh, which I think is really interesting. So that still may be a ways away, but our friend Suki's book is meant to send a message. It's happening now. Uh, we're still talking about it as if it's happening in the future, but the number one, world's first number one best-selling blockchain author wants you to know it's possible right now. We are in the mid-digital period, perhaps, but we are at the end of our podcast this week here from the London Book Fair. Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, as always. Coming next on Beyond the Book, earlier this week at the London Book Fair, a panel of editors and technologists shared with me stories of publishing innovation. Small steps, giant leaps, the digital transformation experience, examined ways that content management plays an increasingly critical role. How do you get through, you know, just the noise that's out there? You, you do it by focusing and being relevant. And, and that's, that's true for anybody in any industry. And that is the crux of digital transformation is just cutting through the noise to become more competitive, more relevant, and deliver more relevant products that are out there. Stories of Publishing Innovation, next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery, and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries, Rights Direct and Nexus, drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book.